Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wares. Well, good morning. How many of y'all have a crazy uncle in your family? Anybody in here besides me? All right, good. Good deal. Good deal. My crazy uncle's name is JC, okay? And, and JC, I will just tell you, is, is actually, I believe, uh, he, he was a crazy man. And this is what JC did. He bought very nice cars, very fast cars, very expensive cars. And the very first thing he did when he bought a car was he disconnected the, the speedometer, okay? Simply because he said if he gets pulled over... This is what he would, he would tell. He'd say, officer, the speedometer doesn't work. I had no idea how fast I'm going. I used to ride with him from Orlando to Cocoa Beach. There's a road there, if you've ever been to Orlando. It's called the Beach Line now. It used to be called the B Line. There, there's very few exits off of it, and you can drive very fast. And he would tell me, don't look out the side because you'll get sick. Because the telephone poles look like fence posts. He would travel usually right around 140 miles an hour. That's a guesstimate, okay? Just on how many miles it was and on how long it took. And I can remember looking out the side one time and thinking, wow, this is going so fast. That's how I feel right now. In about the past six weeks, we've hired four staff members, okay? Uh, And I'm just going to tell you, that's a lot in that short amount of time. And on top of that, you know, there's coming out of COVID and things are just getting crazy. And I feel like things are going fast all around us. So you need to pray for us. And that's an important thing. But I also want to ask just some special prayers this morning for number one, Will and Sammy. Will is our new worship leader. And they were expecting a child and the child arrived about five weeks early. Uh, they were supposed to be here this coming Thursday. We don't know what's going on. So I, I just want to ask you to pray for them, okay? Because uh, they, they need prayer. We need them to get here. And so we're just asking God to do that. So I'm going to ask you to do this today with me. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. Protect Will and Sammy. Can, can you say that with me? Protect Will and Sammy, okay? God just heard a lot of people say that. Second thing I want to ask you all to pray for today. Is, is my friend Rob Rayner. Rob uh, is a preacher just over here at Lake Point Community Church and over in Greensboro, and, uh, and, and he had a stroke this week. And Rob has been a friend since, uh, since we were in uh, uh, college, and my wife and his wife were roommates, and uh, it's, it was a major thing. So I want you to pray with me today this prayer, Heal Rob. Can you say that with me? Heal Rob. Father, we we come because we know it's a hazardous world that we live in, and we're reminded every single day that that Satan will attack his servants. And so, Father, for Will and Rob, we pray for protection, we pray for healing. Uh, Father, we pray that they can get back to the places that they need to be. And Father, for us today, we pray that we can just focus on what you would say to us. I, I just ask, Father, you would open our hearts, open my heart, that I might hear what your word says, and that we might be changed because of it. So speak to us right now, Father. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was a campus minister at Florida State University, every, every uh, Easter on Thursday evening before Easter, we did this uh, incredible communion service. Uh, this campus ministry, one of the campus ministries, the Wesley Foundation, it was like a bowl, and sitting right down in the middle was the reenactment of the Last Supper. And so it was an incredible thing. Usually about a thousand or more people would show up, but there was a price to the mission. 
The price of admission was pretty simple, is that you, to get in, you had to let one of the campus ministers wash your feet. Okay, you, you, got, you got that picture right there? There would actually be people that would stand in line for an hour to get in, and they would get up there where the, there were usually six or seven of us were washing feet, and they would turn around and walk off. Now, reluctance to have our feet washed goes all the way back to when Jesus washed uh, his disciples' feet right before uh, the Last Supper. As they were coming in, he washed their feet. And what did Peter say? Oh, no, you're not washing my feet, Lord. You, you understand there's some reluctance there. In fact, I would imagine some of you would have walked away today if I'd said, to get in today, we're going to wash your feet. Some of you are all laughing because you know you would have, Okay. Yeah. So, what, what Jesus is going to say in the verses that we're going to study today were, was immediately preceded by foot washing. So, let's read what he's going to say to us today. From John, the 13th chapter, a new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you. So, you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Pretty simple. Now, when I look at that, a new command, I give you love one another. I can take you to Deuteronomy. I can take you to Jeremiah. I can take you to a number of places in the Old Testament where that same command is given. So it's not really new, is it? Oh, yes, it is. Because he changes the standard. Here's the standard. He says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. What has just happened in their lives? Jesus bowed down before them. He humbled himself and he washed their feet. Just like a servant would have. That's what made it new. But the next day, he has a higher standard. He says, love one another as I've loved you. And the next day, what's going to happen? He's going to get up on the cross and die for our sins. That's a pretty high standard, isn't it? I've got to humble myself to walk in front of somebody and get down on my knees and wash their feet. I've got to be ready to give up all my rights and die to myself. That's the standard. That's pretty high, isn't it? This is the sermon in a sentence. Jesus' new command is very simple, but extremely demanding. Jesus' new command is very simple but extremely demanding. It, it, it is easy to remember. I love one another. Anybody having a problem memorizing that today? I know it. Hmm, I, I don't know. You know, that, that's just one command. And in Jesus' time, they had lots of commands. It was pretty complicated. I, I wanted to see about our world that we live in, okay? So, so this is what I would tell you about our world that we live in. We have lots of laws in America. You guys may not know this. I, I tried to look up to see how many laws we have in America, and nobody could really tell me. I, I, I could see libraries full of law books. And, and they said, here's the problem. Some laws are good and some laws are kind of defunct. And so, you know, but nobody could really give us any idea. I did find out that there are over 20,000 laws, now get this, that govern owning a gun. I bet some of y'all are breaking some of those laws right now, okay? I'm just saying 
Or how about these laws? This is, this, is a, this, this is a law in Maine. It's illegal now. It's illegal. Catch me on this. To advertise on a tombstone. As if I would want to, okay. I, I'm just saying, it's illegal to do that. In Iowa, in Iowa, and if you would remember where Iowa is, it's illegal to surf while intoxicated. There is no ocean there. Why do they have that law? In Chino, California, in Chino, California, it is absolutely illegal to operate a nuclear weapon within the city limits. It's, out, it's all right outside the city limits, I guess. And, you know, I think that one would apply in Alabama because they do sell small nuclear arms at the fireworks stands in Alabama. I hope I didn't offend anybody from Alabama. I was trying, but I, you know. Or this, not to be left out in Georgia. This is a law in one of the southern towns of Georgia. It is illegal to carry an ice cream cone in your hip pocket. Can I tell you what? Some of the religious leaders in Jesus' time had put certain twists on the law that God had given that they were so crazy. So when Jesus steps onto the scene, he says, a new command I give you. You know what? It really changed how things look. So that's what we're going to look at today is that one command, and I want you to see how, how it came about. This is the first point, and it may not make a lot of sense to you. Ten... 613, 2, and 1. Okay? This is not the lottery. Don't run out of here to get a lottery ticket, okay? 10, 613, 2, and 1. Now, now let me explain to you. This is simple, but it's very demanding what I'm going to explain to you. You remember in Exodus 20, God gave 10 commandments. I, I know those. Okay? They're easy to check off when I do it. And I'm doing pretty good. I'm just going to tell you, I'm doing pretty good on most of those. Some of you guys are wondering which ones I'm not working too well on. But, but you know, I, I'm doing pretty good on all of them. I haven't killed anybody this week. So I, I'm doing really well. I like the Ten Commandments. It makes it really easy. The Ten Commandments are a part of the mitzvah. And, and, and that is in, in Exodus to Deuteronomy, that is 613 laws. That, 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 that they do the same thing the Ten Commandments do. Because the Ten Commandments, the first four tell us how to love God. The last six tell us how to love people. The mitzvah would be the same thing. It tells us how to love God and how to love people. So 613. I'm doing well on some of those. There's one I'm I, I flunking at. It says that you burn anything that has mildew on it. Boy, we'd be burning everything down here, wouldn't we? So, you know, there, there are laws to help us get along with people and laws to help us know God and love him more. And so at that point, what happened is the religious leaders started translating those laws. And what was 613 laws suddenly ballooned to thousands of laws because they had every little intricacy. Can you imagine that? Just trying to figure out the 613 laws and which ones you needed to keep. And then Jesus comes on the scene. And it's just a few days before Jesus is to be crucified. And a lawyer comes up to him, and this is what he says. Can you tell me which command is the most important? And we see how Jesus answered in Matthew 22. He says, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, okay? That's the first one. Love the Lord your God with, with all you got. The first, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Okay, love the Lord your God and love your neighbors yourself. Now, the really interesting thing here is it says, and the second is like it. That's the most important one up there. And the second is just as important. It may be second on the list, but it's just as important. That's how Jesus answered the lawyer that wanted to know what was the most important command. A few days later, Jesus answers it a little bit differently. And he's just washed his disciples' feet. And we see that Jesus simplifies it even more. We went from 10 to 613 to literally thousands down to two. And Jesus is going to bring it down to one. And this is in John 13, 34. And a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's that simple. It is simple, but it is demanding. He brought it down to one. Brought it down to one. I can know that one. It's up here. Sometimes it's hard to get here. And sometimes it's hard to get here and here. But that's what he asked. So, this is the second thing I want you to know. You've got the 10, 6, 13, 2, and 1 down. But the second thing is loving others shows that we love God. Loving others shows that we love God. It's pretty simple, isn't it? A new command I give you to love one another, and he says that's the only command. If you get that one right, you know what? It's all going to work out fine. All the, all, the, all the law and all the prophets hang on. If you get that right of loving God, loving one another, can I tell you what? You've got it figured out. But loving others... Loving others shows that we love God. This is a, John wrote five books in the Bible. The first one is the one called John. And there are three little ones called 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. Then he wrote the book of Revelation. And, and, and John talks about this love again in 1st John, the fourth chapter. And he uses some strong language, okay? And, and listen to what he says. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar, my mama told me never to call somebody a liar because those are fighting words. Okay, but John does it. He says, for whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God, whom they have, cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. It's that simple. It's that simple that we are simply to love other people. And he says, if you're not doing it and you say you love God, you're a liar. He said, if you're sitting in church and you're singing my praises, but you ain't loving people, you ain't got it right. Pretty simple stuff. I'm going to give you two ways that I think that we in the church need to be, be, be loving people. Uh, I, I hate to brag, but this afternoon, this morning when I came in, there was a bear out in the backyard today. You're going to see his picture come up. And uh, this bear, I, I wrestled him. You guys didn't know this about me, but I wrestled him. And, and I've actually put him right over here in this room. Um, 
So right behind these doors is a big, ugly, mean, hungry bear, okay? Let's say my small would right here. I see him walking towards the door, and I, I say, hey, Mike, I know he's going in there with that big old ugly, mean, hungry bear. And I say, have a good time, Mike. Did I really love him? <laughs> no. You, you said, uh okay. You sounded like the bear. <laughs> okay? No. But if I really love him, what I do say, Mike, you don't want to go in there. I mean, there is a big old ugly, mean bear in there. Mike, you'd, you'd want to stay away from there. And you know what? Mike, I'm not going to let you go in there. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tackle you because I don't want you to get eaten by the bear. Sometimes that's how we love people. For all the children in here, there is not a bear in there. I had a young man come up to me, Adam's son, Brantley, said, is there really a bear in there? But I do want to hear you to hear this is sometimes the way that we love people is to warn them. That's why I preach against abortion, okay? Because I know the damage it does to people. I I know that it is the taking of a life that that God has created. And so I'm going to speak up because I want to warn people because that that, that will damage their soul. That's why I'm going to speak up and I'm going to point people in the right direction. And I'm going to say, hey, sex is reserved between a man and a woman inside the confines of marriage. Why? Because I have seen so many people that have been damaged by doing it other ways. So I'm going to speak up. I'm going to warn people. I'm going to to preach out against racism because I see what it's doing in our society today. And so I'm going to warn people. And that sometimes is the most loving thing that we can do, is simply to say, you don't need to go in that direction, and then point them in the right direction. Now, I've got to warn you right up front here, is that sometimes we get to doing that, and we tell them about all the bad things. They're going, oh, you're a sinner, and you have messed up. No, don't do that. Warn them, and then talk about how good Jesus is so that they will want him. Okay? The second way that we can love people is simply by doing what it talks about in 1 John 3 and verse 17. He says, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but let us love with actions and in truth. Anybody in here have possessions? Anybody? Okay. We use those things to help people. I got a lawnmower. You know, I could mow somebody's yard. I've got tools. I could help somebody that maybe needs uh, some help. You know, we've watched in, uh, we've watched when the hurricanes and tornadoes come through, people that take things like chainsaws and they become great ministers for God. I got these two things. I keep them with me all the time. I'm just going to tell you, they're they're with me all the time. And I found them to be some of the greatest tools to showing the love of Jesus Christ. Uh, They're they're attached to me. They're called ears. And sometimes just sitting and listening and talking with someone, it gives me an opportunity to minister to them. Two ways. Two ways. We warn people. Okay? Okay? That's not hate language. I do, I do use some hate language because I do hate abortion and I do hate uh, anything that is not God's way. 
and I'm gonna speak out against it, but that's because I love people. And the second thing I tell you is just simply by helping people with the way God has blessed us. We say it around here, we are blessed to be a blessing. I don't know if you guys have noticed or not, but there are some unlovable people in this world. Has anybody encountered one of them lately? Okay. Okay, the, 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 the next thing I really want you to hear is loving others requires help. For those of you that just elbowed the person next to you, our counselor is available on Mondays um, from 8.30 to 5, okay? I see, I see some of those. I'll be talking to you later. But this is what I want you to understand. Loving others requires help. There are people that are unlovely, unlovable. Sometimes it's because of their attitude. Sometimes it's because of their actions. Sometimes it just simply is because uh, of their demeanor. You know, it's that guy, you know the guy, who thinks he owns more of the road than I do, and he just took my part of the road away from me, and I wanted to say things to him that I shouldn't say to him. Anybody with me there? Amen. I got an amen. All right. Let's talk about this guy some more, okay? Or, or this. It's that person who you've been waiting in line for over an hour, and they just pull up, and they go right to the head of the line. That's unlovely to me, Are you, okay? Or it's that person who has been so deeply hurt that the only way they react is harshly. On a good day, when I'm letting the Holy Spirit work, you know what? I, I look at that person that cut me off, and this is what I think. They must be taking their wife or their husband to the hospital because they're sick. Lord bless them. Or that person that gets in line, I guess they need it more than I do. And, and you know, the Holy Spirit works, and I, and, I, and I don't lash out. But can I tell you, when I'm not letting the Holy Spirit work in my life, you know what I become? An unlovable person. I, I get there in a hurry. Mm. So I, I'm just telling you that, that sometimes we need some help. You know, we need somebody to reach down and pull us up so that we can do. And, and Jesus took care of that for you and I. He said, I'm going to send a helper. His name is the Holy Spirit. Mm. Mm. In fact, in Galatians 5, 22, this is a, well, it tells us about the fruit of the Spirit. And when you look at this list, and it's a, it's a pretty incredible list, this is what the Holy Spirit does in us. And do you think it would help you maybe love people better? Listen to what it says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let me unpack some of these for just a minute for you. That one word, peace. You know what? When I have peace in me, what comes out of me? peace. I can actually pass the peace. I, I can actually be a nice guy. If, if the Holy Spirit is in me and the peace is there, what's going to happen when you, when you jostle me is going to be peace. I, I'm not going to jump down your throat. I, I'm not going to cause harm or damage to you. So, you know, I, I've got to say, Holy Spirit, give me peace. Give me peace. The, the last one on this list here, Self-control. Self-control. You guys probably, if you were to feel right back here, I have a little knot back here. And there are things that form right there in that little knot. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. They form right back there, and they begin to move towards the front of my face. Sometimes they come out of my mouth. Sometimes I have these laser beams that shoot out of my eyes. 
I inherited them from my mother. And I can give you a look. If looks could kill. Anybody with me? Are you with me? If on a good day when the Holy Spirit's working, you know what? I catch them before they get right here. But on a bad day when the Holy Spirit isn't working, things come out of my mouth that they shouldn't. Or I give those people that look that will knock them down. And so when I talk about that idea of self-control, boy, I need that. I need that. Have you noticed people are kind of mean these days? I, I, I don't look at Instagram or Facebook very often because I, I get pretty upset. Sometimes I see Christians that are just downright mean and nasty. They maybe took an extra liter of nastiness in the morning. I don't know what it is. And, and then I think about this one right here, kindness. Oh, just to be able to react with some kindness, just to be able to react with some love or some joy or peace. We need the help, folks. I, I don't know any other way to say it. We just need the help. And, and, and this is what I would have you to know, is I pray this very often. Every morning I pray it. In fact, fill me, Lord, with your spirit. I, I need the help. Sometimes when I'm going into a meeting, I know it's not going to be a good meeting, I'll say, Lord, <laughs> fill me with your spirit. So I, I say, come, Holy Spirit, come. Fill me. Use me. So we, we talked about loving others is how we love God. We, we talked about that sometimes loving others is, is it, it requires help. And the last thing I have you understand is loving others is how we make an impact. Loving others is how we make an impact. This is what it says in John 13, 34. And it says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. By this, everyone will know that you are following me. By this, everyone will know that you are part of the body of Christ and, and if you love one another. So I want you to understand that, is that when you and I begin to show the love of Jesus Christ in our lives, people's lives will be changed. That means that we as a church, this is what we as a church begin to be. We begin to be the body of Christ doing the things that Christ did when he was here. We begin to show the love of Christ to people that are broken and hurted, hurting. So I, I'm just telling you that, that that is what will make an impact. What will not make an impact is if we run around this town telling people how wrong they are, telling them that they're sinners. What will make an impact is when we show the love of Jesus Christ and when we do the things that Jesus Christ asks. And what are they going to see then? They're going to see Jesus and their lives will be changed. No doubt about it. Around here we say it this way. We want to be the church that shows the love of Jesus where we live, work, and play. A few weeks ago, we showed the love of Jesus to people that need food in this area. We, we had the bumper bags where we collected food from behind your cars, and, and we took literally uh, hundreds and thousands of cans to Chard Ray to feed people. You know what? Somebody saw the love of Jesus that day. Well, before COVID, we were doing Serve Day, and that's where we, we had an army of 500 people that went out into this community, and what happened on that day? This community saw the love of Jesus. That makes a difference, in case you don't know. But, you know, Adam talked about last week to go into all the world. And so we're doing that. Right now, in Haiti and in the Dominican Republic, there are kids that are eating because of your giving. Why are we doing that? Because they need to see the love of Jesus. They, they need to know that Jesus still cares, and he's put us here on this earth to do that. And so we love those kids. And this last picture, this, this, is, this is one. 
young lady in Nepal. Uh, she couldn't breathe because her lungs were being scrunched because of the curvature of her spine. There was nothing that could be done. Kevin and Cynthia, our missionaries in Nepal, encountered her. They got her parents to let her go to Kathmandu. We paid for part of the surgery. And now she stands tall. Two years ago when I was there, I saw her. I saw her dad. I saw the tears in his eyes. Why? Because they saw the love of Jesus Christ. That has power, folks. That one command is simple, but it's demanding. A number of years ago, I was at a conference, and I got to hear this guy. His name was Juan Carlos Ortiz. Love to hear him talk. He had a great accent. He was from Buenos Aires, Argentina. I can't say all those words very quickly. And, uh, and so he got up to speak, and uh, he told about the Sunday. He said, I was sitting in, you know, it's one of those churches that have the chairs up there, the, the big chairs that preachers sit in. And, and he said he was sitting up there, and they were singing, and God said, this is what I want you to preach today love one another. He said, no, God, I got a good sermon ready. And God impressed on him that today the message was love one another. He said, no, God, I got a good sermon ready. He says, I I don't have anything to say." say. And Juan said, God told him to preach love one another. So he got up, walked over to the pulpit, and he stood right there. And this is what he said. The message today is Love one another. The pianist and the organist are looking at each other. They're wondering, what do we do? And they're going, uh, 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 and they they didn't know. So he sat there for a few minutes, and then he said, God impressed on me to preach the sermon again. He looks at them and he said, love one another. People are uncomfortable at this point. They're wondering exactly what's going on. Has he lost his mind? Nobody's doing anything. They're looking at the pianist. Play, let's get out of here. He walks back up. And he said, I said, love one another. He said, right over here is a guy, he gets up and he walks over to a family and he begins to talk to them. And before he knew it, the guy was pulling out his wallet and giving them money. Back there in this corner, there was a group of people that gathered around somebody to pray for them. And then in this section, there was some people uh, that, that were beginning to talk and beginning to do things. And he said, what actually happened was that day, uh, the Holy Spirit broke out in that building and people actually started loving each other. He said it was meant to be an hour and a half service. And he said it went on to just about four hours before they could calm it down. So you're thinking, I'm hoping that's not happening today. <laughs> if it started happening, you'd hope it would keep on. 
And he said he thought it was done. And he said after he was walking out, he says in the parking lot, there were two cars that were being worked on for people because of what had happened in there. That church grew from about 200 to, to, to a very large church in Buenos Aires, in a country where it's not all right to be a Christ follower. Why? Because the people of God actually believed what Jesus said and did it. Could we be those people? We could. My challenge for you this week is one thing. Find one person. Find one person that has a need and meet it. Wash their feet. Love them like Jesus would love them. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his command that made it so simple. But Father, we need your help to do it. Send us the Holy Spirit that we might go into this community and love them like Jesus to meet their needs, to give them strength, to walk beside them. Father, speak to us that we might do what you've asked us to do to your glory and for our joy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at